Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Welcome back to the airwaves of the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM studio with the education in our program with your host this evening, Ridwan Ahmed and Yasira Adonis. I'm not going to say anything about any of our Liverpool fans out there. Uh, I don't know. I would like to hear what's happening that side. Uh, I know Chelsea took a draw yesterday. Uh, quite interesting what's happening in the English Premier League. But that having been said, you are still tuned into the program called the Education in Daba here on the Voice of the Cape with your host this evening, Ridwan Ahmed. And yes, here Adonis. And if you have just joined us, you know, on air, Marv, then uh, we are chatting about cyberbullying. You know, if you would like to comment or participate in the program, you can send us your SMS to the number 47913, the SMS line 47913. We would like to hear from you what your views are on that. Keeping in mind that the views expressed on the program does not necessarily reflect the views of the Voice of the Cape, its management or the staff. Yes, yeah, we comment from your side. Around? Cyberbullying. Cyberbullying. You know, and, and when we define bullying, Ridwan, you know, we must be very specific around are we making fun, etc. Sometimes it's a funny picture as friends we share, we wouldn't classify that as bullying. But I think we've said it time and time again, Ridwan, it's intent harm upon another person. So my, my intent is to make you feel insecure about yourself. My intent is to, um, you know, terrorize you or make you feel belittled, etc. and so on. So with that in mind, Ridwan, when the cyberbullying is happening, what exactly the content is, you know, that the others, the other learners who are doing the bullying are putting on various websites, etc. Okay, and we are saying that this, for example, has an impact then on your learning process. Now, of course, Ridwan, I think any kind of bullying must remember it's intentional harm towards another person. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody can just shrug something like that off, especially if I'm at that you know, very age where I'm still trying to find myself, who am I? I'm going through transition. Um, you know, you, you've hit pu- your puberty, you're working out all the emotions, all the, um, you know, kind of worldly things. We, how do I take responsibility, consequences, etc., and so on? What are my choices in life? So there's a lot happening during this age and stage, Ridwan. And it continues when you go to university, because when you go to university, I was just going you to are ask, 18, you know, so you still, yeah. No, but I was going to ask, when we speak of bullying, for example, Yasira, to your mind, you know, is there, for example, an age, not age limit necessarily, but is there a particular age where, you know, bullying wouldn't necessarily worry me as a person in I don't think so, Ridwan. I think if somebody should be bullying me right now, you know, it, it would affect me, even though people have different ways of standing up to, to bullies. Um, and the alcohol <laughs> <laughs> either confronting them, Ridwan, or, you know, making it known that as adults we don't act this way, etc. But there are various things that adults would pop- probably put in place, Ridwan, to prevent that kind of thing from, you know, spiraling out of control. And festering to a point where I can't manage what is taking place. But bullying in, in, in its entirety, Ridwan, is a horrible thing. So whether I'm young, um, and I told you it has transcended down into, um, you know, the primary school phase where even those children who have cell phones are doing the cyberbullying. They have access to the internet. They know exactly what to do. Oh, let's, you know, pick on Yasira for the day and load up this photo when she was, you know, really sick and looks really funny, etc. and so on. So those things are taking place. Most prominent in high school, Ridwan, and I think your tween years when you're at university, because of clicks, because of groups, 
because everybody doesn't mingle the way they should, um, etc. Um, society, economic status, those kinds of things, they all play a role into why people feel that they can pick on the most weak one, if one wants to say so, or most preferably the odd one out. Okay, but who's, who do you think, whose responsibility is it, Yasira, you know, to identify or to maybe take note that uh, the child is being bullied? Would it be, you know, the responsibility <coughs> of the parent, for example, or maybe the educated teacher in the classroom? I, I don't know. I think we should all take responsibility, Ridwan. I think as parents, we are, we are very quick to pick up when something is not right with our child. We will immediately and instantly know, look, something isn't right. She's not eating. She's not talking as much. She is wearing black clothes. She's not taking care of her appearance. She doesn't want to go outside. Um, none of the friends come around anymore. She's always sulking. You know, things aren't right. Um, if it's a boy, he's not playing soccer, etc. Parents know the children best. Educators will pick it up as well, you know, the behavior in the classroom mm-hmm. on the, while on the socializing with their friends, you know, their marks have gone down, their grades are, you know, not what they were supposed to be, they're not answering in class as much, they're not partaking in extramural activities. There's a lot of things about the demeanor of a child that you will pick up to know something is wrong. Sometimes it's not bullying, sometimes, you know, it's just something that I'm not dealing with um, at the moment that I can't deal with, I need help, but for most of the time, the person who is being bullied will become extremely withdrawn, um, be it at school and at home and um, in the social sphere. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, you know, that this, as we said, I think it has an impact, you know, on if we focus, for example, on, on schooling, that it would have an impact, you know, on any learner's schooling career, <laughs> how the child actively, you know, is in the classroom, etc. So, I mean, those are all the things that needs to be considered. Just a reminder once again to our listeners that you can participate in the program by sending us your SMS to the number 47913. Now, there is an SMS here from 5043. Says, Assalamu alaikum, I think by now people must realize that cyberbullying uh, and hacking are pretty serious issues. Has GEMS, the 0.6% issues, have these been sorted out? Okay, we'll attend to the GEMS and the 0.6% issue. But I think what the listeners are also saying to us is that we must start to realize that it is a serious issue. Before we continue, let's greet uh, the uh, Dr. Yusuf Lalkin. Uh, doctor, just joined us now. As we see, Dr. Yusuf Lalkin, educational psychologist. Uh, doctor, I'm have to jump right at you as you've come in. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam, Ridwan, and Tia Getting quite used to the fact that you jump at me like this. While you're in the castle. Okay. Right. So, Doctor Ma- Maf, uh, I'm not going to still go into an ask, Doctor. You know, normally I ask, you know, how's your week been and those type of things. Uh, but we've just started, almost kind of started off the discussion, that's, that's really, around cyberbullying. So maybe let's give Doctor an opportunity just to give an, a brief uh, introduction, you know, or your immediate thoughts on mm-hmm. cyberbullying quickly. Well, read the one when we planned this particular discussion about two weeks ago we had no idea that you know just a couple of days ago the department of basic education did a presentation to the oversight committee in parliament about exactly the issue of violence harassment and bullying at school Mm -hmm. and i think that was on monday tuesday or wednesday sat to did a presentation to principals in KZN on the very topic as well. So yes, I think the last uh, listener indicated it's important is quite correct. I think it's an issue that's been tackled or at least recognized, if not yeah. tackled. Yeah. 
um, <coughs> by the National Department of Education, mm-hmm. I'm sure by the Provincial Department as well. Mm-hmm. So it's so really a topical issue that I think deserves some discussion tonight and hopefully some uh, valuable input from our listeners as well. Okay, inshallah, shukran for that, doctor. Now, there is an SMS which came through from 3808. And again, a very big shukran to our listeners for their participation to the program called Education in Daba. You're on the voice of the Cape. For now, we're going to just go for a quick air break. And when we come back, we'll continue with the program called Education in Daba. You're on the voice. From Cape Town, this is the voice of the Cape. The voice of the Cape. The voice of the Cape. Welcome back to the program called the Education in Daba here on the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM still. And yes, if you, ha- if you heard the giggles, that is just the Ashira. Uh, I think Doc said something. Uh, so, yeah. We have uh, Dr. Yusuf Lalkin in studio with us, educational psychologist. And we are speaking about cyberbullying. If you would like to make contact with Dr. Lalkin, you can contact him on the number 021 now there's an SMS as we said before we took the ad break on from 3808 it says assalamu alaikum I am a concerned parent my son is in his first year grade 8 and is really struggling to concentrate I cannot understand as it is not like him and as a parent I do not know how to handle the situation shukran can you advise now doctor I know we know we we chatting about cyberbullying and all of those but there's mm. an SMS here where a parent is saying look it's a, a, a concern the child is grade 8 first year struggling to concentrate a very unlike the learner maybe this could come in from your side mm. really one this is not again an uncommon phenomenon I think for for many children and for parents um, entry into a high school presents with a number of challenges mm-hmm. and this particular challenge is quite common where a, a learner may potentially have presented with a, a even if it's a moderate attention deficit at primary school but given the nature of primary school that problem wasn't as apparent mm-hmm. as when they enter high school where they would be expected to firstly um, learn more independently tackle a larger volume of work and engage with work that is slightly more abstract and complex. Mm. So if you have an underlying concentration and attention problem, that's more likely where that problem emerges. So I sympathize with the parent and probably with the learner as well, because this is an unknown territory for mm-hmm. both of them. Um, and I would advise them to probably have a proper assessment done to decide whether we're really dealing with ADD mm. or whether there's in fact some other thing happening at school mm. that would prevent him from learning effectively. Okay, yes, here I could comment from your side. Yeah, there's nothing for me to add, Ridwan, on that, um, except for the fact that we've spoken about it numerous times and explaining to parents, you know, the transition from primary school high to high school is not an easy one for some learners. They struggle immensely. Maybe I can't concentrate because I don't understand the work. Mm-hmm. And it's just very difficult for me to sit there and, you know, absorb all this information, you know, and, and perceptually deal with what is taking place. I feel like I'm being overloaded. So what I do is I cut out. Mm-hmm. There's just nothing more for me to do. I cut out. So now what happens is the workload just increases and it becomes more and more. And now the learner becomes overwhelmed. Now the moment I'm overwhelmed, then I will have characteristic traits of ADHD or ADD because I don't know where I, I'm, I, my 
my focus and my attention cannot be on a certain and particular thing. So I'm all over the place and I'm just like, no, no, this isn't. So it's very difficult to consolidate everything that's happening in that classroom. Even if I'm changing periods and I have that kind of leg stretch from one class to the n- another, the content and the understanding and synthesizing of that content is the problem and not the fact that I can't sit and probably write the work from the board. Really. Okay, shukran for that, Yasir. And I'm synthesizing now, Buta Ishmael. Uh, I'm synthesizing now. <laughs> right. Uh, then there's another SMS from 1302. It says, Assalamu alaikum. What happens when a teacher bullies a 10-year-old pupil? Um, what steps can be taken and should he be suspended? Uh, I don't know if Yasir maybe wants to venture into that one. I know that, look, if it does happen, uh, the, as a parent, you can refer the matter to the uh, school first and then maybe to the education department. As far as suspensions are concerned, uh, in terms of educators, uh, the Western Cape Education Department would firstly in, uh, in conduct an initial investigation into the allegations uh, before taking a decision to suspend any educator. But again, a very big shukran to our listeners for their participation. You can still send us your SMS to the number 47913. Doctor, where do we continue? Well, I think the uh, last message is probably an introduction to the issue about bullying Mm. because I think the first question we need to ask is what constitutes bullying? Mm -hmm. And and really, um, there are three sort of criteria that is generally applied that distinguishes bullying from maybe a bantering and teasing that happens uh, amongst and between okay. friends mm-hmm. or even in this particular instance a teacher that is particularly harsh towards a learner mm-hmm. um, and which may not necessarily constitute bullying in itself so the, the three criteria that we normally apply to determine what is bullying is first of all if it is persistent and regular mm-hmm. so in other words it's not a once off shouting or screaming or shoving that is taking place. Mm-hmm. The second criteria, I think, is if there is an intention to humiliate, to hurt, to threaten, okay. um, inflict pain on anybody. And clearly, uh, you know, in this particular incident, it may not be physical pain, but it could be emotional pain that the learner is experiencing, depending on what the teacher is doing. And the third element, I think, is if there is an imbalance in power. In other words, the one is bigger and stronger or more than the other. So it's the difference between who's perpetrator, who's the perpetrator, who's the victim in terms of that balance of power. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. No, definitely, Ridwan. And I think I said earlier, you know, um, when when I'm insecure as a person, and you know, I need to somehow get recognition and you know be seen by my peers and make some kind of a statement you know be it in my group i will i will pick on the one who is smaller who is mm-hmm. weaker than i am and once you humiliate somebody else you know your group might think oh but that's so cool you know look at what has taken place you are you know the it person in the group now and so in the sense, you know, I gain your power. And by the fact that I have your power, I become stronger as the bully. So I will continue because I will feed off your fear of being terrified. And I will become, you know, to my mind, a better person. I'll feel better about myself. I want to come to school because there's something to look forward to. 
I'm not good at schoolwork. I'm not good at athletics. So by picking on others, that gives me that satisfaction. I need satisfaction. Every human being needs it. But how I find it is different. And for bullies, it is extracting the power of others so that they can feel better about themselves. Okay. Now, Shukran, <coughs> for that, Yashira and Doctor. But now, obviously, let's say, for example, it is happening. And because we are saying that it, it does happen. My question then, you know, to the both of you is, you know, and I think I asked Yashira the question earlier on, Doctor. You know, whose responsibility is it to see or if my child is there something wrong and and the, the question is you know what can we then either as parents do or what do we look out for is mm. there something we can mm. look out for mm. is there something a teacher can maybe as an mm. educator in the classroom even you know mm. pick up on certain things uh, about and, and because we've identified that if there's bullying that's taking place whether it's cyber bullying or whatever the format form of it is mm. you know it does have an impact on the child's ability to learn absolutely absolutely well look tonight we're going to chat a little bit about a specific form of bullying namely cyber bullying mm-hmm. i think that that's quite an interesting conversation that we can have around cyber bullying because in a way what it does do is it integrates probably three different elements of the discussion. Yeah. One is um, information technology, communication yep. technology. Now, on the one hand, we obviously would view <coughs> it as an important element for learning and for growth and development, and yet there's this dark side Kitty. to communication technology that we should recognize as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And cyberbullying begins to highlight that the very thing that we believe Pr- uh, promotes learning and development can in fact retard it as yeah. well. Yes. The second issue is, of course, that cyberbullying takes from the more conventional ideas about bullying, mm. where it is a big kid from a poor background picking on a small, small kid, kid and taking his sandwiches <laughs> and his yeah. money. Yeah. You know, that's, that kind of bullying is easy to manage if it's physical and so on. Cyberbullying is a whole new arena. Oh, my goodness. And the players involved are not always the conventional players. Yes. You may find even the weaker learner resorting to cyberbullying because it allows him a certain amount of power and control that he doesn't have physically. Physically. Okay. And uh, anonym- anonymous. anonymous. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, it calls into questions all our ideas, I think, about what are the features of bullying in the conventional sense mm-hmm. of the word. And I think the third element is just the one that Ridwan has raised as to whose responsibility is it to mm. deal with it. Mm. Is it the school? Is it the parent and who recognizes the problem first? Yeah. And who has, I suppose, the most leverage to do something about it? Mm-hmm. I mean, those questions are clear, uh, clearly complex. <laughs> yes. So, you know, again, the conventional view would have been if it's, a, if it's a fight in the playground and the teacher gets involved and the principal uses his authority. We're talking about cyberbullying where it doesn't happen at school. No. Nope. It doesn't necessarily happen in the playground. Mm-mm. It happens out in cyberspace. And who controls and who manages and who uh, can resolve mm. the issues sure. at that level? Mm. So there are huge challenges. And, yeah. you know, one of the things that I, I, I picked up, you know, that the issue about dealing with cyberbullying, we're beginning to deal with it now only. But the research has been ongoing for about the last 10 years where people already talked about um, uh, online bullying mm. or social media mm-hmm. humiliation, mm-hmm. you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. 
in a nutshell, I think it is all cyberbullying, and we need to start dealing with oh, it. And they're making movies, Mafrid, and they're making movies about it, you know, highlighting how horrible it is and the extent to which, you know, the person being bullied goes to, to remove themselves from the situation. Um, and, and you see the shorts on TV, you know, there's something like Unfriended, where they post videos of you in a humiliating state. And... They call it, it goes viral, so everybody sees it. They, they post it to YouTube, so all you do is you go to YouTube, you watch the video, everybody in the world has access to it. So how do you stop that? Mm. Um, mm. And I think that's mm. what Doc is referring mm. to. But it has, you know, spiraled out of control. It's becoming a huge concern that they're even highlighting it in that form. You know, making movies about it and saying, you know, look what has happened. And, and the end result in movies are always suicide, Ridwan, you mm-hmm. know, and that's the unfortunate thing. And, you know, you're also right when you say, you know, how do we know that all suicides or most of the, the, the suicides from teenagers or tweens are because of cyberbullying? But there is something related to, because everybody's on their phones 24 7, and they have the access to the internet. So, uh, but then I, Ma, then I also want to just ask, you know, the question to both Dr. and Yasira. It's not always, you know, the case, for example, that when my child becomes, uh, in Afrikaans, the word is the rachetrokah. Um, withdrawn, withdrawn, or maybe does things out of the out of the usual. For example, that one can now automatically, as a parent, now assume that you know the child is being bullied or something is wrong. Mm. I think as a parent, we need to sit down and maybe start having a discussion or a chat to the child mm. first and hear mm. you know what mm. he or she has to say. Mm. But then also keeping in mind that the child might not want to share with you. Mm. I don't mm. think you know a child would tell you necessarily as a parent that mm. I'm being bullied or I should take a five into school every day mm, or whatever the mm, case mm, is. Mm, Doctor, could you comment on that? Yeah. Maybe just to narrow the conversation down a little bit because you know, cyberspace is wide, wide and the conversation can go any direction. I think one of the things that the research has shown is that uh, cyberbullying becomes more uh, rampant, I suppose, from around about the age of 11, 12, 13, 14, mm-hmm. coinciding with the end of primary school yeah. and the beginning of high school. Okay. So you're talking about those four years where I think parents need to take particular attention, pay particular attention to their mm-hmm. children. And that's when they're in grade six and seven, eight and nine. Mm-hmm. So if we can for tonight's discussion, just narrow it down to that critical group. Prior to that, we're very involved with our kids. The worlds are very narrow. It's about sport. It's about concerts. It's about having fun with their cousins. And suddenly all of that changes in those four years. Mm -hmm. Uh, Secondly, I think prior to those ages, children used uh, cell phones and computers for projects and assignments. Mm -hmm. And suddenly... From that age of the grade six and seven, they discovered there's more to computers mm-hmm. and cell phones and laptops and iPads than to research my assignment. Mm. Okay. So the two things we need to realize is that during those four years, the child's social world just explodes. Mm-hmm. There's a whole new world out there. Unfortunately, it simultaneously coincides with us as parents saying, my child is growing up, he doesn't need me anymore. Mm. And so we sit back now and we take our break for four years. And it's when we take our break that things get broken. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and and so it's so important to <clears throat> learn to understand what that social world is, first of all. And, and, and keep in mind that, you know, the, the kids are becoming younger and younger in in 
in uh, mastering technology. Yes. And so it, it does demand of us to begin to understand that technology as well and the world it opens up. But the bottom line is we should continue to engage with our mm-hmm. kids even during that period of independence. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the, 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 the period that Doctor is referring to is between the ages of 11 and 14. That is almost like a critical stage Absolutely. in the life. Uh, Yasira? Yes, Iran. And I think I made reference to what I said, the fact that it's transcending down to our primary schools. And you know, Back in the day, your your bully was your standard big guy, plays rugby, picks on the little ones because they can't run. They don't do any field activities. It was very rarely for the fact that um, we didn't wear the same clothes, etc. It was always your jock and your and your nerd yes. type of person. Mm. And that we've all seen and we've all experienced it. You know, when we were at high school and, and you know, nearing the end of primary school, Somehow all that changed drastically, Ridwan. Um, we, you know, Doc was saying it can be even, you know, the little scrawny one that is partaking in the cyberbullying mm-hmm. um, to be a part of this clan. So I will gain clout by doing this because I passed it on, etc. and so on. And as young and at that critical age, like I said earlier, they're trying to find themselves. They know what's going to happen. They know they're going to high school. How do I make my mark? And... As as a pubescent, you know, girl or, or boy, I need that. That is part of my development. I need to find my place at school in my environment. So I will look for ways and means to make me feel secure in my place. And, you know, if we bring it down to that age, that's exactly when that happens. Because, you know, they are preparing themselves for what is going to happen next? What escalates this now, Ridwan? You know, we've, we did the same thing when we were at primary school. We knew we were going to high school, who our friends are, who's all going together as a clique. I'll feel more secure. I'll be with my friends. We might not be in the same class, but we're going to the same school. So intervals when all that socialization takes place, we'll still be together. What's happening now is that everybody goes their separate ways. You know, you don't have that kind of continuity from primary school to high school. People in one area are going to to schools in three different areas away. So there isn't that continuity. So now what I do is I have a cell phone. This is what's happening. This is the it thing. I'm part of the popular crowd. And now things just start to take, you know, a whole new direction around things that not even they can control it once they're in it. Okay, shukran for that. Yes, can I ask, Doctor, now, we're speaking about, you know, the ages between 11 and 14. Mm. Uh, we're speaking about cell phones, the iPads and the iPhones and those type of things and the tablets. Mm. Now, obviously, you know, we want to also show or give our, ch- our children the indication that we give them the right to their privacy, for example. Mm. Or do we say that between the age of 11 and 14, a child should not have any privacy? Or, and I know Dr. also said, you know, we must get familiarized ourselves even with all these new uh, technological developments that take place. Mm. But do we then, as parents, you know, check our children's phones? Mm. What, what can we mm. do? Mm. Look, Rita one, that, that is a very sort of uh, difficult discussion. But the people talk about engaging with your children and, and setting up what they call a social contract. And that simply means that you recognize that the child is developing and as they're developing they will be engaging Mm -hmm. and interacting on a much broader field and much broader world. So you need to clearly have a contract with regard to uh, uh, communication technology. Yeah, you know, in the old days we could say there's the the, um, the desktop. I'm going to put it in the lounge, <laughs> and we're so going to watch take you. turns. 
to work on the laptop and or on the desktop and, and you know and I can watch you. <laughs> now that has changed completely yeah. because we're now handing that technology to the kid to put in his pocket. Mm-hmm. So it's no longer visible. It's no longer accessible but to you because it's now not owned by you. That is the thing. Whereas yeah. the desktop was yours, it was the family's. You can have a contract around that. So to recognize that with the changing technology, it's a different engagement. Mm-hmm. And it's a different contract that you now have to, to establish with the, with the child. And it can be a balance between recognizing their privacy, but also recognizing that you have the right as a parent to protect them. Okay, uh, Dr. Hall, that thought, we're going to go for a quick ad break, and when we come back, we'll continue with the program called Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape. Welcome back to the program called Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Stereo. And if you have just joined us, we are joined in studio by Dr. Yusuf Lalkan, educational psychologist, and we are chatting about cyberbullying. If you would like to make contact with Dr. Lalkan, you can contact him during office hours on the number 021-637-6831. Now, Doctor, before we continue our discussion, you know, I like the, the topic that we ended or the note that we ended off before we took the ad break. Uh, but just to two SMSs which came in, the one from 8447, it says, Assalamu alaikum. Can we say that anger starts at home and the child takes it out on his peers at school? Shukran, and that comes from Brother Sharif. Yeah, um, Shukran, Virman. You know, I, I, I hear and I acknowledge what Brother Sharif is saying, but you know, there is a myriad of things as to why children act the way they do, and we can't, you know, bring it down and confine it to saying, look, anger at home, etc., and so on. It definitely is a contributing factor. The child only knows how to express himself in a certain manner because as any child, as any human being, we model behavior. So what we see at home would become what we then used to deal with other people outside of our homes. But any kind of bullying, you know, and a myriad of things can be why I do certain things. And, you know, we need to take them as they come as an incident of bullying. We need to address it. We can't say the, these children that do this, they will end up to be mm-hmm. bullies. Right. Mm-hmm. Doctor? No, no, absolutely. I agree with you. Okay, shukran. For that then, another SMS from 3606 says, Assalamu alaikum. I think if the person who is bullying the children, that that sh- person should be sent to another school. Now that child will be in a different environment. Doctor? Well, clearly that's not really a solution to the problem mm-hmm. because with bullying there is the perpetrator and there's the victim and both of them need help. Mm-hmm. And so in a way we're almost saying that the perpetrator must be sent to another institution where he can perpetrate these crimes there rather Mm -hmm. than at my school. So that is clearly not a solution. I think the solution is always to deal with the problem where it is Mm -hmm. confronted and where it is found. Okay. Now, Doctor, we've got a few minutes left before we break for the walk to Vishan. I want us to really look at the whole issue uh, that we spoke of before we we took the ad break. And that is that when you're giving your child, as we said, you know, either an iPhone or an iPad or whatever this piece of technology is, that we must, you know, make it clear to them that there is a responsibility that comes with that. But as parents, you simply hand them the thing mm. and expect them sort of, you know, to know what they must be doing with it. Mm. Doctor? I mean, the, the thought that crossed my mind is that, you know, handing a child a cell phone is like handing the keys to a car. 
mm. and just hoping that they know how to drive and they know all the signs on the road and they will obey all the rules and regulations out there. The reality is it's not the case. It's in fact, if, if parents are saying, well, that's extremely dangerous, well, that's exactly what it is when you hand a cell phone to a 10, 11, 12-year-old mm. with open access. Because nowadays, every single cell phone is not used for the purpose it was intended for, and that mm. is, phone me when you're finished and I'll come and pick you up. <laughs> we all say that's why we hand the phone to the to child. child yeah. But that's yeah. true. And the reality uh-huh. is they now have access, uh, you know, where it goes well beyond that. So in the first place, I think the, um, the access to a cell phone and a smartphone and an iPad must be seen as a privilege equivalent to giving the child the keys to a car. Mm-hmm. And so there are certain rules and regulations that needs to govern that exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a privilege that I grant to you that you must recognize as such. But in order for you to use it effectively, we need to talk about it. We need to talk and we need to come to some kind of agreement in terms of a contract as to how this will or will not be used. Now It may sound to a lot of parents listening in that this could be quite a tedious process. But it's not. Mm-hmm. It really means you sit down with your child around the table and you talk about what it means to have a cell phone and how to use it mm-hmm. responsibly. And you list systematically what are the things that you expect them to do and not to do. And let them sign it and let you sign it. And so in a sense, you're giving them the privacy, but you're also ensuring that you uh, are protecting them from aspects of using the cell phone that they're not familiar with. Mm -hmm. So they must recognize that your interest in them accessing their Facebook and not blocking them Mm -hmm. is your obligation to ensure that you protect them. Because believe me, the one, and I'm sure you've heard stories out there. No, I have. And certainly I've Mm. seen in my practice uh, cases that we believe only happens in America and only happens to other people. It happens right here in our community Mm -hmm. where young people are seduced into uh, posting pictures of themselves online unwillingly and unknowingly of the consequences. So we need to tell them that. Mm -hmm. If we don't, they will be susceptible to those things. Of course, Doc. And I I think what um, compounds this even further, um, Doc and Ridwan, is the fact that we have blinkers on and, you know, they're going at solo. So if my peers and everybody else in in society accepts this kind Mm -hmm. of behavior, Mm because this is what I see, then what could possibly be the consequence of it until they are kidnapped, until they are taken away, until something really hurtful happens to them, now only the consequence becomes real, Ridwan. Okay, shukran for that, Yasira. Now, Doctor, the, we, off the air, we confirm that we will have uh, back in studio with us Dr. Yusuf Lalkan, educational inshallah. psychologist, next week, inshallah, same time, same place. We will then continue our discussion on cyberbullying. In the meantime, if you would like to make contact with Dr. Lalkan, you can contact him during office hours on the number 021-637-6831. Doctor, 30 seconds just to maybe quick comment and wrap up the program for yeah. us this evening. We, we spoke earlier about whose responsibility is to manage it since it's out there in cyberspace. But I think both schools and parents have a role to play. Mm -hmm. Um, I think one of the things both schools and parents have to recognize is that the root cause of the problems with with cyberbullying and the other problems sexting that happens on on cyberspace is a lack of of development of social emotional skills with our young Mm. people. Mm. If you if you know yourself, if you know what is expected and who you are, 
and then then it's easier for you to navigate these these problems so there's a need on on the part of schools to make that an integral part of the curriculum secondly i think is to recognize that there are two approaches to this program we, we normally have one program that we think fits everybody but yeah. it's a different way in which you approach boys and, and a, a different, different way in which you approach, approach girls. girls yeah definitely <laughs> <So> the program <laughs> around social emotional <laughs> development for girls is very different from mm-hmm. boys so that in a sense is what i think should be happening at school okay shukran for that doctor so we'll i'm asking asira just to to make a note of that and we'll also speak to zarina about it doctor it certainly has been a pleasure having you back in the studios a very big shukran to you once again as always and i bid you assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi ta'ala wabarakatuh Waalaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. On that note, we break for the Waqt of Isha, inshallah. And when we come back, we'll continue with the program called The Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3. Just a wave.